Did you know that wasn't me? Hello, welcome to episode 87 of the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers, and with me, as he always is, is my friend, cohort, co-host... Um, cohort. <laughs> <laughs> my cohort, Declan Kitchener. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, uh, yes. So you're well, you're well, you're here, you're well. Verily, indeed. Um, so, Quite so. <laughs> have you got, you got a song this week, I've just heard your song, and for those of you who don't know about this show... What Declan and I each do is we write a song, each in the space of a week, bring them to this podcast, and we talk about how we wrote them. Um, and each week we kind of try to grow as songwriters and try to aid you as listeners in hopefully doing the same. So we have two fresh songs from scratch this week. And um, I believe, in fact, I know for a fact, it's uh, Declan's time to go first this week. Well, a blessing it is that we have you on this podcast, Roger. Otherwise, it would just be incoherent mumbling from me at the beginning of every single episode. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> uh, this, yes. this show would be nothing without you, Mr. Kitchener. Uh, this show would literally be nothing without you because you've been doing most of the editing and the taking care of everything else to do with this podcast. So, you know, this has turned very backslappy very early on. People are going to be turned off by this. Oh, God, someone's tired. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so my song this week, it uh, currently doesn't have a very good name. Um, in fact, I just have to double check on my desktop what I've actually called it. <laughs> I'm so prepared. <laughs> um, currently, the song is called It's Just How I Am. Um, and there is a reason for that title. Uh, anyway, roll song. Here we go. Thinking about my eyes and how they both are broken down. They're minus four in each of them, no longer are they sound. Saddens me to think for the things they haven't seen. But it's my own damn fault for sitting too close to the screen. Thinking about my hair and just how quick it's going thin. I'm getting used to wearing hats and working on my grin. Cause the dear old 27, I should still have all my locks. But mama's jeans are fed and so the rest went for the chop What I give to start again, start again Start again, start again Looking at my body and its shape is not the best Big big around the middle, a bit skinny on the rest I can get them off my ass and put the bloody thing to work But give me take out food and the effects will be reversed Thinking about my mind and all the quirks it has acquired So that has taken root and the fear is growing higher When I'm past obsession over qualities I lack One random lazy work and hurry all those worries back And if we want to end today don't ask about my heart And all the songs I've written that always seem to start Yes I'm lonely and I'm miserable but that is gonna change And all these years later things are precisely the same I'm a shoulder of the blame for the man I am today and think of better meanings and some new words I can say I know that everybody feels this way I hope that everybody feels this way So when they crack designer jeans I'll be subject number one To fix the faulty facts of the person I've become When it comes to all my hangouts, my persona and my health I don't want to make a fuss but I'm not happy with myself Bumper to bumper burns <laughs> That's what I heard Burns. when I heard that song for the first. <laughs> He's Monty Burns. I miss the Burns. <laughs> I'm loving this song, man. Um, it's it. Well, I mean, talk us through it. But the only comment I really had was it feels like sort of Arctic Monkeys meets '90s Disney. If that makes any sense. That is completely not how I approached it, but fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh. So basically, this song was actually written a bit before the end of the week. This wasn't written last minute on a Sunday, which is quite nice. Nice. Um, basically, I uh, was just getting out of the shower and I was just thinking, I wear contact lenses, so I was sort of having to, I had my phone in the shower, I was just having to put it quite close to my face to be able to read what it said. I was just thinking like, that'd be nice if my eyes worked, um, which is something I've actually touched on before in um, a weekly song that, didn't end up being on the podcast but maybe in a project i'm doing it soon um Ooh. 
and that's all I shall say about that. But yeah, I. Sorry, I can hear the seagulls coming through I know, it's the telephone insane. call. It, they, they are like, like we're recording this remotely just because of the lockdown at the moment, and I can actually hear the seagulls coming through Roger's phone call. It's amazing. This um, is like unprecedented. There's usually a few seagulls outside my house, just briefly, but this is like the film The Birds. This is like there's <laughs> 50 birds in the sky all. You know, yelling. Shall we get Tippy and Mel back onto the uh, Tippy and <laughs> Mel and Guard Dogs or whatever your song was called? Guard Birds, it should have been. I'm not going to let that go to my dying day. Guard um, Birds. But um, yeah, uh, so I was just thinking, like, well, yeah, it'd be nice if I could have eyes that worked. And I was just thinking, like, yeah, my hair's thinning out a bit, and I've had to shave that off. So it'd be nice with that. And I started coming up with this like shopping list of things that was wrong with me, and that if there was some sort of designer or like manufacturer, you could take the list of complaints to them and just go, "Excuse me, I've I've noticed a few bugs about your product." Um, <laughs> That's a great concept, man. Didn't quite end up going that way. I was if I, I was literally thinking this morning, uh, like three days after the writing period has ended, like I was just thinking. Man, what have you actually formatted this like a letter? So you start to, this sir, madam, to whoever it may concern, and then go off that way. But yeah, once I had like a shopping list of things that I was unhappy with about myself, because everyone has things that they're unhappy with about themselves, mm. um, I started just thinking of rhyming couplets. And this one is like a song that got written the words first, and then the music applied afterwards. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So the first line was actually written was, so when it comes to all my hang-ups, my persona and my health, I don't want to make a fuss, but I'm not happy with myself, which is the last line of the song. Mm. Uh, originally, that was going to be like quite early on, and then you would sort of expand on that. But I thought, no, that's so strong. Just leave it as the last thing that someone listening to it would hear. Yeah, um, I, I think it worked great as a last line. Yeah. Um, so it's just writing out loads of verses and sort of seeing how they all fit together, which did end up leading to a little bit of reshuffling, like the bit that's the first half of the bridge, the, and if we want to end today, don't ask about my heart, all of that stuff, the first four lines of that was originally going to be a verse, and that ended up being a bridge. But also one thing I was kind of keen not to do was to have a chorus, because I wanted to try and write something a bit structurally different to how I've been writing a lot recently. Uh -huh. uh, choruses exist for a reason and they're good and if you can write a fantastic one hey you quits in uh, but just you know if you write like that all the time then you're only ever going to be good at writing that so that's why the closest thing you have to a chorus was the what I give to start again start again that bit mm. which was originally going to repeat again later but I just thought nah cut it you don't need it um uh We'll probably have to post this up on Instagram at some point, but I've written down a full A4 sheet of lyrics here. I thought, okay, this is going to be good. This is going to be um, like a two, three-minute uh, song or something, maybe even four minutes. I just thought, right, okay, I can get all this done quickly. And then when I ended up putting the words to it, it ended up being like one minute 50. <laughs> <laughs> I it's did kind notice of like... this was one of your shorter ones. <laughs> well, it's kind of because I insisted on performing it fast because I've been doing a bit of research into um, uh, fast songs, patter songs from musicals recently. Hmm. Um, famous examples include uh, Major General's song, uh, I'm the very model of a modern Major General. I'm very good at integral and differential calculus. I know the scientific names of beings, animal, calculus, in short, matters, vegetable, animal and mineral. I am the very model of a modern Major General. <laughs> And then things like um, I've got trouble from the music. Oh, sorry, you've got trouble from the music man. Uh, okay. You could also include the part of uh, Jolly Holiday where um, Bert is listing off the other women he doesn't prefer as much as Mary Poppins. That's technically a bit of a patter song in there. Maybe some group It's all like about getting the words out quickly, which ended up influencing the speed of this one a little bit. It's true that Mavis and Sybil have ways that are winning, and Toots and Wendell and Setzer are spinning. Phoebe's delightful, Maud is disarming. Janice? Felicia? Lydia? Charming. Cynthia's dashing, Vivian sweet, Stephanie smashing Priscilla a treat. Veronica? Millicent? Agnes? And Jane? Convivial company, Diamond again. Dorcas and Phyllis and Glynis As well as I've been listening to a few Frank Turner things recently, a couple of albums of his, and there's a lot of, like, 
fast, folky, punky songs like Ginny Bingham's Ghost or um, uh, Out of Breath, where you've got these acoustic guitars at the center, but it all just powers along. So I was looking for something like that once I got the music sorted. I was saying to you actually earlier, I am literally just rambling now, but I was saying earlier to you in the week, Roger, that I knew once I had the lyrics, I knew how fast the song should be, but I didn't know what the notes would be yet. Oh, okay. That makes more sense now I've heard it. I knew that it was going to have to end on a 5-1 to give that very sort of classical do-do-do-do-do. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, over with the show kind of thing. Like, uh, like this is definitely the end. I can't remember how the chords actually came about for this one. It, they just sort of... I was fiddling about... It was originally a semitone down, so it was originally in D minor as opposed to being in E flat minor. Mm-hmm. Um so that would have been playing around with a with an A minor. And then that's where you get the it's a melody that hovers around one note. So the next chord is B flat major seven. which enables you to stick on that A. And then you're just rising up the scale down it diatonically for the next bit of that. So it would be D minor, E diminished, G minor, F, and then A, which is the uh, fifth of the D minor scale, but it's like a major fifth. And then just running back up to D minor before you go back to A minor for the start. And I can't remember why I changed it up a semitone, probably because it was easier to finger. Right, right. Uh, and also my voice didn't quite give out yet. The only other musical part of this one, which I composed in E-flat, so I'm going to refer to it in E-flat. So if you imagine all the previous chords have just been bumped up one semitone, you have A-flat, A-diminished, B-flat, B-diminished. Then you do a rundown thing in the bass where you have C minor, mm-hmm. C minor of a B-flat, C minor of a A, C minor, a very flat, repeat that. Uh, that's kind of like a nice, it's a very richy sounding movement. That I don't know where exactly that falls on the chord scale. Um, but yeah, it just sounds nice and I just always like using it. So I just hadn't used it for a while. Stick it in there. Why not? Uh, and then the final part of that bridge is just F minor and F diminished. Hmm, that's interesting. F minor and F diminished, putting those together. Well, because you only change uh, one note between the two chords, but it um, sort of, because it's already minor, it sounds sad. When you put it to diminished, it sounds evil. (laughs) For lack of a better term, it just sounds um, like you've just gone from being merely unhappy to being unsettling. Love it. That's such a good description and maybe title. Um, no, completely agree. That uh, minor to diminished move is um, is a really cool use of the diminished chord, I think. Because um, like you say, you change it from sad to uh, what's going on? You know, like dark. Yeah, I, I kind of um, I think it also fits the tone of the lyrics at that point as well. It's actually a trick I ended up working out when I was doing. Um, uh, you remember the covers we were doing every week? Uh, in lockdown, the yeah, um, yeah. Kasabian cover. Oh, right. Because uh, that was um, in F sharp for most of the time. And the, the I ended up putting at the end of the second verse a diminished uh, chord over the being watched by Google, that bit, which isn't in the original song, but I just thought, that fits so well. I have to use that there. And I was just like, oh, wow, these two things seem really close to each other. I'm going to use that in my songwriting. And wouldn't you know it, here it is. <laughs> and it's turned up here. No, that's, that's yeah. really cool. And it's interesting that you, you approach the lyrics, um, kind of following on from last week, you know, it's, uh, in, a, in a way, that you approach the lyrics in that way, um, lyrics first. Yeah, that was just to change things up a little. Uh, I wasn't as happy as I could be with last week's song, so I thought, okay, right, I better follow my own advice and change up the way I'm doing it for this week, see if I can come up with something a bit better. And although it's a fucking Misery Guts song, I've, I think it is a better song. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think this one turned out um, quite quite unique and um, 
you know, I've already told you that I think it's kind of very, uh, maybe not specifically Disney, but very musical-esque meets some kind of modern uh, punk or, or indie rock or something like that. And I think that sort of those things next to each other as influences are always very interesting to me because then, you know, only with your songs have I ever heard like um, punk rock meet with the sensibilities of musical writing. Oh, I need to show you um, four simple words from Frank Turner. That's going to blow your poor little mind. But um, uh, I need to hear yes, that. I'll hap- I, I happily will take those and I sort of see where you're coming from with those now. But it's an interesting song because I have no idea how it would get developed and I have no idea whether it would be like an acoustic song at the centre with other bits around it or whether it would be full on kind of like really heavy. Well, um, I probably put my oar in unnecessarily but when i was hearing it i was thinking because it has those two elements in my in my listening mind at least of that sort of musical thing and the more um punky sort of thing the two also vie for supremacy as to which way the song would be produced um to my ears when i was listening um so you could either go very punky with it or you could go very much you know pirates of Penzance style with it just like very traditionally led so you got a couple of choices i guess yeah there there are options with this one um also i just want to point out the fact that it's called that's just how i am is just to sort of dissuade anyone from thinking that i'm terminally depressed or something uh (laughs) that's just the way my mind works i'm a sarcastic self-deprecating depressing little person but that's fine that's just the way i am uh so don't worry everything's cool we love you just fine. the way you are. And yes, exactly. You've got to address these things. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, uh, I read back some of my lyrics sometimes and I think, wow, he is an edgelord or does he actually mean it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, for people who hear this show also, they're hearing us talk about stuff that we wouldn't even talk about necessarily to our, you know, other friends or that sort of thing. So, like, once a week you hear us go in song, but still you hear us go, oh... Things are quite difficult. <laughs> I have a trouble with this and that sort of thing. Um, so. It's because we're making tiny little stories and stories need some sort of adversity in them. Even love songs have adversity. God, that's such a good point. That sounds obvious, but I've never sort of thought about songwriting like that before. You need sort of the both sides, don't you? Yeah, you can't like have all happy, clappy songs forever. Well, you can, where you, it's just very difficult to keep up. Hmm. Um, I wonder how people write like really upbeat, happy songs because I haven't uh, written like a super happy song in a while. I think they've just generally got to be content in life before you can do that. Damn it! Um, <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is the big issue. That's <laughs> if it wasn't that, I think I could do it. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. We're joking, that, like, by the way. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny that the happiest song I've written, which I think is, um, did you see this when we met? Which I think was the first season uh, of the podcast when we were recording at yours yeah. uh, was actually just influenced by watching a really happy film. <laughs> like that. Hey. All the rest have some sort of level of like depression to them. <laughs> hey, well, maybe this week I'll try just watching some comedy and stuff and just see what comes of that. If I watch the comedy first and then write the song, maybe I'll come up with something really upbeat. <laughs> Hopefully you don't end up with my thoughts on religion or something where it's just like a joke song of like... (laughs) (laughs) From the last season, folks. Hey, Um, sorry, I think I kind of uh, uh, derailed you there a little bit. Um, I think you were talking about the lyrics or something, right? uh, Not really, I derailed myself. Um, But there's not much more to say about the lyrics other than it's just a list of things that would be nice if I could change. So it's just like, I'd like perfect eyesight, I'd like my hair to grow back... Um, I like a body that isn't weird. Um, I'd like a mind that isn't filled up with a million uh, weird neuroses and security mechanisms that are self-defeating. Uh, <laughs> I'd like a relationship. That'd be nice. Um, I do just want to point out there is um, uh, a line that I'm really, really happy with. Uh, it's actually, uh, so when they crack designer jeans, I'll be subject number one. Uh, oh, that's just, great! Yeah, I was really that happy with second, that. Took a second, but that's that's really fucking good. That's great. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, because I ch- sort of thought 
I need to reference this somewhere else beforehand, so I made sure in um, verse number two, but mama's genes have failed, so the rest went for the chop when I'm talking about my hair, because that references the... Um, the It's not true, but the, the theory that the uh, genes covering hair loss are passed down from your mother's side. Hmm. So that's, I'll foreshadow that. And then the second part of that, which is, I think, uh, probably the most blatant Frank Turner reference I've ever put into a song, uh, to fix the faulty facts of the person I've become... Uh, which is a reference to a song called Photosynthesis, which is a great song. Uh, but it's got this line in it. Uh, and I'm happy and I'm settled in the person I've become. So it's very much written to have that same sort of um, uh, rhythm to it, to fix the faulty facts of the person I've become. I like that. That's very cool. You can, yeah, you can even tell just like the syllables being said that it's quite Frank Turnery, you know. Yeah, it's a direct reference to that line. Um, but yeah, that that's about as much as I have to say on that one. I just wanted to get that line in there because I was really proud of that. I'm beaming to myself because I'm so self-satisfied. No, it's really cool. It's it's a like I say, it's a different type of song. Um, I say that every week. I've listened to the few podcasts recently, and every time I hear your song, I say that. But it's true, um, and I think it just shows that you've had quite a varied season of songs. You know. Thank you. Um, well, shall we shall we move on to something maybe slightly less depressing? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if if that's <laughs> if that's implying me, then maybe you don't get your hopes up so much. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, um, really cool song, and yeah, let's uh, let's stick on mine, I guess. Ooh. So, what's your song called this week? My song this week is called. Well, its working title is the only one. And it goes. Ooh, actually, I think mm-hmm. this may be very close to us having nearly identical titles because I had a song back when we were doing these in Cornwall called "The Only Ones." Oh, that's cool! Because then yours is just the syllable. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the. Uh... It's just one letter difference. Plural. Yeah, pl- uh, mine's the plural. Yours is the singular. Gotcha. Well, that's really it's weird. A... That was bound to happen at some point, wasn't it? <laughs> you're going to have... I've made so many references to past episodes, you're going to have to go back and just put in so many, like, it's actually episode 29. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to put your voice uh, hand over your uh, mouth when you do that as well. So you've got that kind of voice like that where no one can understand what you're saying. This is when we were recording in a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, we are talking to you from the 1940s. Welcome to the BBC. This is the first show ever. Um, I don't suppose anybody's listening. Yeah. It's 1923 and we've just invented the radio. <laughs> well, that's a bit of a lot. Radio was, wasn't invented then, but 1923, I think, is the date of the BBC's first broadcast because it's the oldest broadcaster. In... Anyway. Um, I don't know how we're going to wh- segue into the my actual song. <laughs> What's your song called, Roger? My song? <laughs> 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 well, we know what my song's called. My song's called The Only One, and it goes a and little what bit... what does it go like? Like this. Uh, one, two, three, <laughs> four. Oh, what would you say to me in a day If every day was caught up in the long game no matter of time, I think that I'd find My legs are try to lead me in the wrong way I'm wasting the summer but it's alright Slain as I step into the spotlight Oh, I could make a living as a missionary Running from the laws of nature For a short time, tell me if you see me on the run It's alright for the meantime Oh, what do you say, a break for the day By stopping in the middle of the fast lane I mean what I said, there's trouble ahead So help me take my finger off the last page I bask in the terror of the sublime So help me take my finger off the last line Oh, I could make a living as a missionary Running from the laws of nature For a short time Tell me if you see me on the run It's alright for the meantime When I think I'm not the only one I can see you at the Ritz And we're alright 
When I think I'm not the only one I can see us on a plane And it's alright When I think I'm not the only one Summer driving in the rain And it's alright When I think I'm not the only one If you see me just the same Then it's alright Tell me that I'm not the only one Tell me that I'm not the only one summer but it's all right slain as i step into the spotlight oh i could make a living as a missionary running from the laws of nature for a short time tell me if you see me on the run it's all right for the meantime when i think i'm not the only one so Yes, um, I'm not quite sure why I don't know what to say about this because I do have notes and I do have I thoughts like on it. it. I like it. I like it very poppy. I like it very pleasant, very yappy music sounding. It's very good. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like if you cross Todd Rungan with the Beatles a little bit, like in terms of how I hear it being produced in my head. I'll give you the money later. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> That's literally the nicest I thing can you can say this to month. me. <laughs> no, um, thank you. Um, yeah, it's um, it's definitely uh, more of a poppy tune, but uh, so, which I think I'm kind of going more in the direction of uh, at the moment, at least. Whereas maybe like um, a couple of seasons ago, season seven and eight, perhaps I was much more trying to like go avant garde, like especially lyrically, or like have strange parts which changed um, time signature or that sort of thing quite often. Whereas with this song and uh, and last last week's song as well, the strangeness of love. Um, with these two, I think I'm just trying to refine the process a little bit more so that my songs um like like i say have a bit more of a poppy feel but um yeah with this one i start with the bridge funnily enough that's um, interesting yeah um i'll put in a clip of um of the first little bit i had and you'll notice that the tempo is quite different By golly, that tempo is different, he said, having heard it definitely while it is being played live. <laughs> Jumping Juniper, the BPM's so different. <laughs> and, um, so I got that bridge, um, but it was, again, kind of like last week where I didn't really have um, proper lyrics to go with it yet. I just kind of had a tune and a, and a way I wanted it to sound and then kind of filled in the actual uh, content of the words later because um, I can't remember quite what it was at the moment, but you and the listeners will have heard this by the time it plays in the show. But right now the, the lyric is, I'm wasting the summer, but it's all right. Slain as a step into the spotlight. And it was um, it was much more sort of like um, scatting or vocalising before that. So I got, mm. my, got my bridge and I was like, is that the verse or what? That, that was the weird thing about this song is I, I was like... Once I'd written the bridge, I was like, is that the is that the verse or is that like a pre-chorus or what is this? And then I realized, okay, that could be a pre-chorus because then I got to the point where I go to um, a B major chord, but I'm playing B major over A, right? So, which kind of gives the feel of like a B7, right? But the, the A is the bass. Um, so um, it kind of builds on that for a little bit and it does the line, which I was quite pleased with, where it goes, oh, I could, I could make a living as a missionary running from the laws of nature. I um, do like that. I have no idea what the fuck it means, <laughs> but I do like the sound of it. <laughs> um, I'll try and talk about it when I talk about the lyrics because it's a line I'd like, but I'm not sure I can describe it. Um, but anyway, so I had that sort of B over A, um, like I say, B7 type of a feel which built up and then i knew that it was testing my range um because it goes up really high it's like i could make a living as a missionary living on the lord uh, like, and it goes up really high even higher than that actually and so it's uh, almost like classical choir like you could get like a, <laughs> like voices chasing each other <laughs> well it's um it's funny enough it's actually quite inspired that line by um i'm afraid i can't remember the name of it but it's a an italian pop tune 
um, from the 1940s, so very orchestrated. And uh, Mike Patton of Faith No More actually um, popularized it um, by doing it in a concert. And it has this lovely rising line, which um, you will have heard at some point when I edit it in. But the thing is, I'm, I like my voice, I think, at the moment, but it's quite difficult for me to sing, like, um, very fast lines. I mean, that line right there. Like, it's really hard to do that when you're playing guitar as well. Um, so anyway, and then I got into the chorus. A lot of this song, I mean, the whole thing is based in E major. Um, and then a lot of the, the chords are just sort of A major, B major. Um, quite often I'll go to the um, the two major, which in this case is F sharp major. Like um, your favourite little tricks, that. Yeah, I'm starting to love that at the moment, particularly as I've been writing in, in E or E shapes recently. Um, and then, like I say, go to that major two. Um, but then, you know, uh, other than that, there's not a great deal of um, other chords, um, which are unusual. Obviously, you've got the, the three, uh, G sharp minor, and you've got the... Uh, six which is c sharp minor um and but the, i think the main component of this song musically that i quite like is this sort of thing where it goes so it hits on the the three and the four of the bar it's like one two three four one two three four and it changes chord so often on three four it'll go from like g sharp minor to c sharp minor like and like that's kind of the whole way the chorus is is uh, constructed and it sort of mirrors the it's all right for the meantime that sort of stuff like it it kind of makes kind of the gives like cohesive. a kind of when you sing it like that it kind of gives it a, like a naughty's pop punk kind of feel <laughs> yeah I know but, what you mean actually like if you put the music to the rest of it it doesn't necessarily sound like that but like just the way you're singing it there but I like that it gives this track a strong identity I feel yeah like it uh, could have been like a Sum 41 song or something <laughs> um one thing I do want to just say while we're still on the music, I do love the bit in the bridge where, like, we, you sort of discussed this a second ago as well, but, like, uh, where you've got the notes of the guitar following up the tune of the uh, voice. Is that to make yeah. it easier to yourself to keep in tune, or is that just because you thought it was hard ace? A little bit of both. I mean, whenever I play something on the guitar that's mimicking the vocal, it always helps me pitch. Um, but the main reason um, was, yeah, I just thought it sounded cool. It was just, and it was a different thing because a lot of the song is strummed, like boom, 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 that sort of thing. Mm. Then you get to this bridge and then you walk up the notes E, F sharp, G sharp, A, B, C, C sharp. <laughs> it took me a minute there. Um, and just, yeah, just I thought having that, because you could do a lot with that production-wise. I've started to think in terms of production quite a bit more recently um, because I've got musicians around me who can, you know, play really well. So it it gives them opportunities to to play all my stuff, um, or my, my songs, I should say. You know, because you can do a lot with that. You could have, like, a really distorted guitar playing that part, or you could have, like, a uh, pizzicato cello playing that part, or loads of different stuff. You could have, like, all the whole band going up together, or you could just, like have them holding a chord and have just the vocals doing it or there's a lot of options yes exactly yeah i think that the way i would probably go thinking about it now is like have like you know the the drums build up and then have the bass kind of boom 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 as well as the guitar as well as the piano and just have everything do that one line like it's a thick piece of drawing you know what i mean and then you kick into the um the rest of the bridge and you still have that kind of like it's on different beats but it's still like a double chord sort of thing yeah so you're sort of keeping that part running through the whole of it um yeah so i think we've discussed a lot of the music is there anything else to say on that if not shall we head over to lyric town Yes, let's head up to lyrics. I will down. never ever say that again. That's <laughs> your new catchphrase. <laughs> I'm really joking. No. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, lyrically, um, let me think here. So I mean, the verses, the so the verses are different from the choruses, which are different from the bridge. So in the verses, I'm just kind of basically talking about um, my doubt. Um, so let me see here in the actual verse. Um, it's like, what would you say to me in a day if every day was caught up in the long game? And that's a bit of a um, 
opaque line. But that bit of a tongue twister as well, if you say it fast. Oh, it, it was hard to sing. I tell you that. Um, but yeah, so with that one, it's like basically saying, I find it easy to talk to people. Like if it's um, every now and then, you know what I mean? Like um, every mm. few days or on an occasion or, or that sort of thing. But for some reason, my anxiety and my, my social anxiety particularly really plays up if I'm with someone for a long period of time. Like if I spend like ages with someone, like seven days or even, you know, if, if I was married to somebody, you know, it, that that thought kind of scares me a little bit. Like how, what would... What I'm would just you... imagining a sitcom now, the socially awkward marriage. <laughs> Like yeah. We're going to go full on 70s style with this. We're going to have a studio audience, uh, six episodes a week. Um, yeah, it, it'll it'll be a hit. It'll be cancelled in two seasons. <laughs> we'll just make a pilot. That's all it'll be. <laughs> a pilot lost to the sands of time. I mean, so that line's basically saying, um, what would we say to each other if we were together every single day? Um, just as a broad question. Um, and then in a matter of time, I think that I find my legs are trying to lead me in the wrong way. So it's like, I'd probably leave. Um, not that I'd want to, but like that is my instinct. Um, and that's something I'm trying to work on. So the verses are very negative. And then you obviously in verse two, you got, um, uh, you know, what do you say? A break for the day by stopping in the middle of the fast lane, which I don't quite get what that means, but I like it. Um, I mean what I God said. Damn it, Bane. <laughs> writing all this oblique stuff. Bane? It, well... Does not everyone imagine their brain as as Bane, the Batman villain? Uh, I'm trying to desperately to cover up for the fact that I misspoke there. Um. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. Um, I, I was like, oh, that's a Batman reference. I don't understand. Um, unlike the rest of them, which I understand completely. Not really. Yeah, because you're, you're the world's <laughs> biggest Batman fan, aren't you? Me. In fact, call to action, listeners. Please uh, send in, Roger, your hardest Batman questions that you can think of and ask him to reply to you personally on air and I shall laugh at him as he fails in this endeavour. If we get three or more questions about Batman, we shall do a bonus episode where I answer questions about Batman. Send them in, send them in, send them in, send them in. <laughs> I just want to hear you try and explain stuff as well, like you, like stuff you just have no idea of how it all fits together. It will be amazing. Well, I know about Batman. I know that he's Bruce Wayne and he was a child and his parents were taken from him by life, you know, or death, you know what I mean? But, and like, and that really affected him. And then he was afraid of bats, but then he conquered the fear of bats. And then he lived with that old man and they happily lived ever after. Right? <laughs> anyway, let me talk about my stupid song. Um, so. <laughs> I'm in the wrong headspace now. Um, so in the um, in the verses, it's quite a negative take on all that stuff. And then in the bridge, um, uh, uh, the actual bridge, the dum 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 dum. That's a much more positive thing. It's like I can see this going well. I can see I can see us, you know, being happy and things going well and actually things improving and all this sort of stuff. So it's like a, they're kind of like uh, it's the light side of the same coin as the verses. And the mm. chorus is. Um, kind of points out the uh, the unsustainable nature of how I'm living sometimes. So, like, that's that's kind of what that line means, really. It's like, I think... <laughs> this makes me sound big-headed, and I realise that. That's probably why I wrote the line. Songwriting podcast, this is the time to be big-headed. I, I think of myself sometimes as like, oh, I've got everything, you know, under control. Like, you know, I... I know what I'm doing, but then sometimes I, I take a good look at my life and I realise I really don't at all, and no one does. It's like, I, you know, I don't know which direction to go in sometimes. So, like, that's kind of the thing. I could make a living as a missionary. What does a missionary do? A missionary travels from place to place and preaches their gospel, you know, tries to convert people, tries to spread their religion. Um, so instead of religion, I was thinking, like, I try to tell Beetle everybody... People. Sorry? You could turn everyone to be beetle people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Have no. you heard of our Lord and Saviour, the Fab Four? <laughs> It'll be beetle mania all over again. Um, you know, so rather than being a missionary in the religious sense, it's like if I go around not really practising what I preach, you know, that's basically what that's saying. Um, I could make a living from that. I could make a living as a quote-unquote missionary um, for a short time running from the laws of nature. And so what I'm doing by running from the laws of nature is like, 
while I'm preaching all this stuff and even telling myself how I would like to live, I'm actually living quite dysfunctionally, um, or not dysfunctionally so much, but quite mechanically. And uh, there's not a lot I'm doing to actually for further myself, and that is only sustainable for a short time. That's basically what it's saying. You're acting and... out the patterns and routines that swallow up your time. <laughs> to quote another, yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, so the, the whole song is... Um, uh, it's very much a work in progress at the moment, and uh, it's just a song about... <laughs> just not having a sustainable lifestyle at the moment and wondering how to get out of that in a way. I think it's natural to be thinking about that at the moment, seeing as basically the worldwide situation has forced everyone into, you know, into limbo, essentially. It really has, yeah. And I think that limbo is, is so multifaceted, isn't it? It's like... Um, you know, people are financially in limbo, you know, how am I going to pay the rent? Um, you know, where's my money coming from? But also, like, it's limbo in the sense of you have a lot, of, well, I say this every single week at this point, but you have a lot of time to, like, look at yourself and look at your habits and your patterns, as particularly if the days are quite similar. And There's no risk of anyone new entering your life to shake things up is the big thing. Like, you're not going to yeah. randomly meet someone at an open mic that who's like makes interesting music or you're not going to speak to someone at work who'll suddenly reveal that they love something that you've loved for ages or you know you're not just going to bump into someone on the street or something like you know there's no impetus to change so why would you yeah no exactly i think um i think that's that's definitely true um it's something we can't help but reflect on at the moment um but, but I mean, that's that's basically it for my song, apart from to say one little extra bit, which is that this song, which is quite unusual for my songs, particularly at this stage of um, development, has a guitar solo, as you probably noticed if you've been listening. And, um, and the reason it has a guitar solo is not so much because I wanted to play a guitar solo, but more because when you get to the end of the bridge, the doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom-doom part, um, you kind of get the end of the chorus, so... Um, tell me that I'm not the only, tell me that I'm not the only one. Um, and then it was difficult to then go into a double chorus um, because of the way the chords, the relationship the chords have with each other. So I thought, oh, what can I do here? I thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll go back into a verse, but rather than write a whole nother verse of music, I will just play um, a guitar solo um, in order to then lead on to the bridge quite naturally and then start singing again at the bridge. Um, so I just wanted to point out the solo was a device more than a... Um, well, sometimes you mm. do need an instrumental section to sort of break up uh, verses and choruses, particularly if they've got contradicting messages. Uh, mm -hmm. Which you, the only other way you could sort of sort that is to make sure your verses and choruses have not different each time to counter that. But that's kind of interesting that you've got that there. Like I, before writing the podcast songs, I would leave in space for solos because I'm an old-fashioned git and I love them. Um, but it's interesting once you become focused on the mechanics of songwriting, there's not a lot of space for soloing. Yeah, that like is it, interesting. It serves a function in terms of showing off or having another nice melody, but it rarely serves any kind of structural function, uh, except in cases like you've said here where you needed to break up uh, these two pieces of music or these two uh, sections of vocal. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, this week was a good example of having a solo, like I say, just to bridge a gap. Um, there are other times where, and I kind of alluded to this before, that in this stage of development, I wouldn't normally decide on having a solo in a song. But once I start to uh, demo stuff onto the computer... Uh, more properly to a grid to then send to a drummer to get drums back and all this sort of thing. At that point, obviously before the drummer gets stuck in, it's quite tempting sometimes to go, oh, I do like the chords to the verse or the bridge or whatever to a particular song. Um, so what if I could play some guitar over that? And that purely comes from a place of I like to play the guitar. I like to play guitar solos. Um, and like you say, yeah, there's not really much um, call in the mechanics of songwriting for a solo. Um, but I, that said, I do quite like, and I've been listening to loads of Todd Rundgren recently, I like how Todd Rundgren um, 
includes solos, particularly in this one song called Couldn't I Just Tell You, where the solo actually acts as kind of its own section to lead you into the bridge. Which I thought was very smart, the way he did that. Um, so I guess that's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Yeah, well, to sort of give two Queen examples of good places to solo, you can sort of use a solo to sort of say, this is going to be a heavy rock song, this is going to be like something that you're going to fucking pay attention to, like the solo at the beginning of um, uh, I Want It All. Mm. It's like not terribly long it's not terribly clever but it's just saying like this is what you are expecting you know strap in um or conversely you've got again it's the linking sessions thing the solo to bohemian rhapsody which mostly follows the chords of the verse but then does this weird thing at the end where it sigs off into the uh, opera section which is in a different key Yeah, so yeah. it's using that to sort of bridge those two very distinct sections. Yeah, I, I think the the concept of having a guitar solo just for the sake of having a guitar solo is something we all do sometimes. I think as you know, guitarists, and so, especially if you're a songwriter who plays guitar, I think it's such a temptation. But it makes sense if you're in a band as well. Like you know, you have your moment of the night to say, "Okay, now it's guitarist's turn to show off, ladies and gentlemen," or something like that. Yeah, uh, definitely. But it. If you're just on your own playing guitar, there's not going to be a lot of cases where you can get away with doing that. No, exactly. I mean, as again, as a songwriter, there's not really much call for it. But I think if you can find a good way to do it, then I think you tick both boxes of wanting to be able to play the guitar and actually incorporating something which is more of an interesting section. Um, hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so we've had an email in from John Key, frequent writer to the show. Uh, hello. Um, and he writes an uh, email entitled, Love to see you monetize. And it begins, Hello, good sirs. I'm enjoying the current season, liking all the new weekly songs. Slowly the breakdowns are making more and more sense to me, particularly with the music. I'm in complete agreement about using diminished chords, somewhere between when appropriate and all over the place. And I can now understand phrases like, that's the third and the fifth of B then. Although the lyric breakdown, I like the recent discussion of when to write your lyrics. Before, during or after. I've been trying each of these and for me, I think it's always better if it's one of the first two, before or during. After seems to lead to a lot of out of place syllables. Might be nice to trim those syllables like fat and maybe throw them in all at the end in an outro. Just announce after the bridge or last chorus and now all the leftover syllables. I'm 100% confident that would be great. Side note, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. Just like oh. the final section that's like... Here's the words I couldn't fit. Cap, and pun. here, now, there's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like writing a song in alphabetical order, sort of. Um, but yeah, just a quick uh, touch on something there, because um, uh, John was talking about diminished chords and that sort of thing. Um, just to say, we're going to do an episode between this season and the next season, talking about chords a little bit more. But um, Cannot wait, cannot wait, cannot wait gonna be good gonna be good right onward it's not gonna notice that you both seem to be flexing your entrepreneurial muscles lately and to that all i can say is fantastic i managed to snag declan's the captive audience on freaky friday or whatever the event was called on Bandcamp. although i was a cheapskate and paid the bare minimum hey i got mouse to feed too side note that's absolutely fine <laughs> you know if you just pay what you like um at least I can feel glad about the full proceeds going to Declan the Artist, thanks to Freaky Friday. <laughs> By the way, Lithograph knocks it out the park. It was good as a weekly song, and I recall discussion about how it would sound with a full band and an electric guitar. Well, it really delivered. Cheers. A few thoughts about art and fair compensation. I've been a non-artist for a good number of years and made a decent living entering contracts with various companies that provide steady wage and various benefits. The markets determine these fair values, but with art, it's completely different. 
On the one hand, you have a handful of artists making near $100 million a year. Others make nil. This bothers me. Songwriters and musicians have every right to expect being compensated for their work. If you're a bricklayer and loved your craft, you still deserve to get paid. It's definitely tough to be your own marketing department, but I think that's the fault of the industry. So I'm very glad to hear about the multiple ventures you have going on. I hope the success will lead to more. This is probably something that your listeners want to hear as well, possibly even for their own agendas. Maybe I want to switch careers. How long should I expect to work hard as a musician songwriter before I can make any money? What are the various ways to do it? What should other expectations be for an aspiring artist? As a listener, I'm interested because I'm rooting for the subjects of the show, but I may be curious for my own goals. Uh, by the way, in one week, it will be one year since I discovered the podcast and started writing music. You've been a tremendous inspiration for which I give thanks. Please keep it up. In fact, I'm looking forward to the continued trend of having episodes between seasons. Cheers, John. Oh, Thank you very much for that. Thanks, John. That's oh, so cool to hear on so many levels. cockles of my heart. Yeah. Um, and a year um, since he started listening. And um, I speak for us both when... You know, I say I'm so happy that that's helped. Yeah, it's nice to read comments like, um, uh, oh, you know, it, I can understand the breakdowns where I'm learning more about core structure. It's just like, oh, we're doing something. We're, you know, it's not just two guys dicking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's really cool. I mean, and as far as monetization, what do you reckon to that? Um, I think monetization is a difficult subject to talk about right now because I think we've had a similar question come up in the past and I think what I ended up saying there was um, if you want to earn money if you're a musician who's comfortable playing live you would have to do loads and loads of gigs and make sure you keep promoting yourself keep booking yourself into places and you know just try and do as many gigs as you humanly can that's obviously not possible right now the only other way you can sort of make money at the moment is to try and put out recorded output and try and make that of a high enough quality. But that's not necessarily something you can do full time. In fact, I still have a job technically. I've just been using my downtime to be able to do things like captive audience. It's difficult. I think also one thing you should consider is maybe not like limiting yourself to just like one project or having one skill set. The biggest limitation I've seen in musicians and people engaged in music and this includes myself is not having enough skills to sort of diversify out and to do everything that they need to be able to do uh example until very recently i had absolutely no idea about production i still don't really but that meant that i was more focused on musical uh composition and performance of guitar and things like for years i didn't practice anything with my voice and i still think it's my weakest instrument but if you're going to enter into the world of recording music and releasing music that way you sort of should really be doing your best to expand your skill set um but i'm not necessarily the best person to talk about this Roger. i think you make a lot of good points um i bear in mind we are both fucking amateurs apart from you i wanted to um when I was listening to, to your email, John, I was thinking about how much things have changed even this year as far as music promotion and music monetization. Obviously, because people physically haven't been able to go out and gig, um, I think other things have bubbled up in its place, some of which are just the seeds of things to come, I think. Um, for example, um, a lot of people have started using... A lot more people have started using Patreon and... Uh, and all that sort of thing where there's exclusive content. Um, but I think it just it just hammers home the same thing that people have been doing for the past um, a while now, you know, but just like recording from home. And like you said, Declan, trying to um, record to the best professional quality you can by yourself. I think a big part of the financial side of making music, um, not necessarily making profit, but making music in general and saving money while you do it is just... Um, honing and practicing your own skills in terms of um, audio editing, mixing, mastering production, even if like you're not going to master your own stuff. I think it's it's good to like know generally how that stuff works so that you, or, or you know, um, learn to play, if you play the guitar, learning to play the bass as well. So you don't have to hire a bassist and then you can kind of save money. As far as making money, it's not something I can particularly talk 
um, a great deal about. I mean, you know, you and I, Declan, we sell albums from time to time. Um, and but I'm, I make my money as an audio editor. Um, at this stage, but um, at the same time, the fact um, that you can make your money doing that is because of the skills that you have developed doing your own music and doing things like this podcast, which is, you know, we we don't get paid to do this. This is just something that we do for fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing is the more you learn, the more transferable skills you have. And I think um, this is a slightly different point, but I think by growing as a, a producer or a, or a ranger, you actually grow as a songwriter too, because they're just two parts of the same process. It's just time that separates them. Yeah, that's a kind of all I can think to say about it, apart from that it's an unusual field, but I think there's hope. I don't, I don't subscribe to this thing of like, oh, if you're going to try and, you know, make money in music or in audio and or in art of course it's more difficult of course there's not quite as linear of a path to go down but by the same token like i think there are ways and means that as long as you are putting out something of a professional quality then people will be attracted to it um and people will be interested in what you're doing so i don't know as far as monetizing this show i have no idea <laughs> It's a discussion we frankly need to have off air, but um, <laughs> right. but it's it's something uh, that needs to be considered, and it sort of depends on kind of what style of project you're ending up doing as well. Also, one thing just to count, uh, well, not counter, but like expand on two points that have been made in this email. Uh, there's a comparison that gets made to uh, if you're bricklayers and you love what you do, you still deserve to get paid. This is true, but also. Bricklaying isn't subjective. Art is. So it just depends whether enough people think that art, your, the, the art that you're producing, is worth what you say it is. Um, as opposed to a bricklayer where if the bricks fall down and everybody knows that that's not a good bricklayer. You know. um, yeah. Also, artists making $100 million a year and others making nil, this is entirely to do with promotion and the amount of money flowing in record labels that are able to push artists' names out there um, and make sure they're heard of, uh, which most people working from home won't have the budget to do, really. People working on that lower level are reliant on word of mouth and people being nice and generous with their time. Um, what's the answer to that? Um, complete societal collapse. That would be the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the best way to win that, but seeing as that's not an option, uh, no clue. But that's just two other thoughts I just wanted to put in there. So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to uh, get in touch with the Weekly Song Podcast, just send in a letter for comments, uh, respond to anything that's been in the show, send in a song that you've written in a week uh, to, to I, I don't know, send us... Batman memes or something I, I, I don't know why not write to uh, weekly song podcast at gmail.com uh, you can follow us on Spotify iTunes uh, SoundCloud you can leave likes and positive things and noises and all of those uh, areas where can they find you Roger you can find me at rogerheathers.com which is the link to my band camp um, where all my previous albums are listed um, I'm on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, basically all the streaming uh, platforms, um, as well as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram's a particularly good place to follow me. All of those are at Roger Heathers. Um, Instagram's where I kind of keep people up to date the most on musical stuff I'm up to. And, uh, oh yeah, oh, I also wanted to say as well, before I ask where they can find you, Declan, um, we, we've also got, um, like I say, um, a weekly song podcast, Instagram, and uh, I thought it would be a kind of cool idea to have a voicemail section. So all that is, is um, just DM us on Instagram, send us a voice note, and uh, with your permission, we'll play it on the show and respond to you on air so that your actual voice is on the show, um, just as a kind of option too, um, as well as emailing. Cool. More ways for people to get in contact with us. That's, that's cool. That's thumbs up. Hooray. So Positive noises. <laughs> where can they find you, Declan? Uh, you can find me on declankitchener.bandcamp.com. That's where I have my EP, The Captive Audience, out, uh, which has been mentioned in this episode. Um, I am now also on Spotify, which is... Oh, yeah. That's weird. I, that's not meant to be. Um, but, yeah, you can 
follow me on there just search the captive audience in uh the bar and then you do I, I don't know i don't actually have a spotify because i don't believe in it um uh which is a good thing to sell yourself on that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um you can also find uh, me on Facebook, uh, Declan Kitchener Music. You can find me on YouTube as well, Declan Kitchener Music, where you can find that cover of Kasabian, Easy, uh, that uh, I mentioned in this episode, as well as some other things on there. Yeah, I think that's about it, isn't it? I think it is. Cool. These uh, wrap-up sessions are going to get longer and longer and longer. <laughs> right, see you next time. Ta-ra! Ta-ra! Ta-ra!